0: Welcome back to Being Daisy in America. Today, I'm am excited to welcome our guest, Shivam Bargava, a Moorhead Kane scholar at UNC Chapel Hill, majoring in neuroscience with minors in social and economic justice and education, who has been co-director of development at the campus Y, as well as director of campus engagement for the Asian American Center campaign team. I'm looking forward to learning more about Shiv's relationship with his culture, but also to discuss a pertinent topic, social justice. Shiv, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
0: We're so excited to have you. And to kick off this episode, tell us like a little bit about growing up South Asian in the U.S. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, I think my experience as a South Asian in the U.S. has been really interesting. So I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. So I was born and raised in the Midwest. Both of my parents immigrated to the U.S. when they were in their 20s. So I feel like having that like second generation immigrant experience has been super interesting. Um, I think specifically growing up in the Midwest as a South Asian has been interesting. Obviously, you know, it's not like New Jersey or California where there's large populations of South Asians. So huge yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely interesting growing up in a place like Indiana where, um, you know, there's definitely not a huge, you know, racial diversity when it comes to the population there. Um, But I think, you know, in a way that made me a lot more proud of my identity and really made me more connected to my culture because I think growing up, the one thing my parents like instilled in me from a young age was like you know being proud of my heritage and my culture and um, I think being in that environment just like made me more proud of you know where I come from and really made me want to be more involved with things related to my culture so yeah it's been definitely an interesting experience so far living in Indiana than moving to North Carolina.
0: For sure and correct me if I'm wrong in high school did you start in Asian like society?
1: Yeah I did okay. so something that's actually really interesting about me I I went to a Catholic high school, but I'm Hindu, so that in itself was a very interesting experience so not only was there not like a lot of religious diversity at my school there weren't a lot of Asian American students in general so um I led the Asian student union at my school and at first it was definitely a very difficult experience kind of like having to carve out your own space in such a you know like homogeneous space having to like carve that out on your own was really difficult but I think like because of that it made me more motivated to do similar things at UNC and I think since then I've always just kind of been connected to Asian American activism ever since high school.
0: That's very awesome. So how would you say you were able to stay connected to your Desi roots? As you mentioned you grew up in Indiana and as someone who's born here in the U.S.
1: Yeah I mean I think it definitely all comes back to my parents. When my parents immigrated to the U.S. there wasn't a huge South Asian community in Indianapolis but I think like watching my parents kind of create the their own space for our community really motivated me to stay connected to my roots. And growing up, my parents always encouraged me to, you know, go to the mandir with them, um, you know, celebrate various holidays like Holi and Diwali. You know, I think my parents are definitely the biggest reason why I've been able to stay connected. And I think that's just always been like a priority for me is like, you know, culture is something that I should always be connected to and prioritize in my life. And I think it was just always a big part of my identity and you know just by being part of that community that my parents created I think really just taught me how to you know be proud of where I come from.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I'm sure there are many beautiful aspects about your culture. So, is there anything particular that you really love about your culture itself?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I love everything. <laughs> I think the food, honestly, I feel like most people would probably say the food is one of the best things I love about my culture. Any particular dish? I'm trying to think of one particular dish
0: honestly um
1: like, my, I think my comfort yeah. food might be like kichidi oh my god
0: yes that
1: might be unpopular because I feel like it's not <laughs> like it's not something that like someone like craves but I like kind of associate home with that so definitely something I like look forward to eating when I go home and like my mom cooks it but yeah no
0: kichidi is really good I love kichidi too to follow up on that so have you ever visited India itself specifically like you're from Rajasthan, I believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, have you ever visited?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been to India, I would say, four times in my life. And I have been to Rajasthan before. So um, my mom was actually is actually from Jetpur. So um, I was able to visit Jetpur, which is really nice. And um, a lot of my family's actually moved down from... Rajasthan to Bangalore. So I primarily visit Bangalore when I go back to India, but I think just seeing like parts of North India and South India has been really, really great. And just like seeing like the diversity of places in India has been amazing. I would say probably my like most favorite trip I've been on to India. I went to Hyderabad in 2019 um, which was really really cool. i had never been to um, that part of India before so just being able to like experience like kind of a different culture within my own culture was a lot of fun and I think every time I go it's just really comforting like I look forward to going back to India every time I've gone.
0: Yeah that sounds great and like during your trip is there any sort of like I would say unforgettable or a forgettable memory that you'd like to
1: Here? Um, unforgettable. I'm trying to... I think just connecting with my family that's there has always just been an unforgettable experience. So, my grandma still lives in India. Um, she's lived there her entire life. So, it's always nice to just be able to go back and, you know, kind of like update her on my life because I think that's something that is super hard to do when you have family that's living in another country is, you know, having your family kind of know what you're up to. And sure. um, I always just get super excited to see my grandma again. And I think it's like, really interesting for her to see how i grow every time i go back so i feel like that's always like unforgettable
0: yeah you said you went back four times so it's probably four different stages yeah exactly So I guess to follow up on that, according to you, is there like any misconception about your culture or an important fact that people should know?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think something that, you know, in my time at UNC, I've been really interested in kind of breaking down is the model minority myth. And I think South Asians play a really big role into that. And it's kind of just the idea that Asian Americans in general, you know, are model minorities and they do no harm. And I think that itself is just a really hard, harmful concept and i for think sure. that not only like limits us as humans but you know it creates a wedge between us and other um, races and ethnicities as well and i think that that's something that i've been really passionate about is kind of you know debunking the model minority myth and you know kind of carving out my own path and making sure that you know i'm constantly standing up for what's right because i think that there's this misconception that you know they see people south Asians asian americans in general are, you know, just their nose is in a book. They're studying all the time. They're good at math oh and science. God. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we have so much potential to do so many great things in our community and beyond. And I'm really committed to kind of, you know, breaking down that myth.
0: For sure. And I do agree. It's definitely like a cliched sort of perception. I think that's a really good segue into like the topic that I believe we both feel passionately about which is social justice especially in the South Asian landscape so Shiv you and I have worked together as co-directors of development for Campus Y a social justice hub at UNC Chapel Hill and you're also on the Asian American Center campaign team as well as serving as co-director of Holy Moly so many hats (laughs) so could you tell us a bit more about these organizations your roles at each and how they're interconnected
1: yeah Yeah, definitely so I think the Campus Y has definitely been like a really special place as you know for both of us Um, you know Brilliant. the past few years at UNC. I think like it was such a great space to step into when I first came to UNC. I knew I was interested in social justice but I always felt like I didn't have enough knowledge or experience to do certain things and you know the campus wide being the center for social justice on campus I feel like it's given me so many resources to be a better advocate and I mean it's kind of been a huge part of my college experience. I think like so much of my passions have kind of developed out of the why and I've been more comfortable being in spaces of social justice and advocacy and um you know I think that It's just been really great to be able to be around like-minded students like you, for example, like working together with you and like other students who are passionate about social justice has really like driven me to want to stand up for more issues that are affecting my community. And then the Asian American Center campaign team and Holy Moly, I think those two organizations have really allowed me to be more proud of my identity. I think when I first came to UNC, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to get involved with, but I knew that if there was one thing I should be getting involved with, it's to be more connected to my culture and that's probably where I felt like I was the most comfortable was being around people who shared my identity and you know those two organizations have just allowed me to kind of create spaces not only for myself but other students who you know kind of lack the community when they first come to UNC I think that's something um, a lot of South Asians and Asian American students in general feel kind of lost when they come to UNC you know it's easy to feel like you don't have a group around you when you need support but I feel like those two organizations have kind of allowed me to create those spaces for other students.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned the whole aspect about, like, comfort, because I definitely agree, like, even coming to UNC, that was something that pulled me towards the Y, -hmm. and, like, other such organizations, for sure. You sort of touched based on it, like, what motivated you specifically to get involved with these organizations? But I guess, like, to sort of follow up on that question, do you think there's, like, a lack of South Asian representation in social justice initiatives, spaces in general?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's something I really noticed when I first came to UNC is that, you know, there was really strong South Asian communities, but I did see that many South Asians when it came to social justice spaces like the campus why You know, like when you see a lot of these like protests happening and a lot of these rallies, I never saw like South Asians specifically being at the forefront of that. And I think that really goes back to what I mentioned about the model minority myth. I think that, you know, sometimes we're told that that's not the place we should be in, that we should stick to what we're stereotypically good at. But I really think that, okay. you know, I think that the future... You know, I think that in the future, more South Asians should be in those spaces. I think that we have so much potential to make a positive impact on our communities. And, um, you know, our communities are so strong, like across the country. You know, like every city you go to, there's always like some type of like tight knit South Asian community. And I really think we can leverage that and, you know, figure out how to use those communities for good when it comes to social justice. And I think that's something I feel really strongly about is making sure that, you know, there's more South Asians in these spaces um, in the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, I think this is like what we talked about when we were, we were at the Y together, but sort of like, what do you think are like myths about partaking in social justice related initiatives that you hope like organizations such as like the Campus Y can help dismantle being involved with such organizations and being South Asian yourself?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, growing up, I didn't see a lot of South Asians in these spaces. And I think because we're not used to seeing people that look like us in those spaces. And I think that can be really scary to like step out of your comfort zone and do things that are unusual and things that like you have to be brave to do. Like I think social justice, you really have to be someone who's not afraid to stand up for anything. And I think that if you grow up not seeing people that look like you in those spaces, you kind of have that fear in your head that... Uh, you know, maybe I don't have the knowledge to stand up for these issues or maybe it's not a place I should be. And I really think like social justice in general shouldn't be a scary thing. It should be something that's accessible to everyone, um, especially if you don't have experience before. I think that it's something that everyone should be involved with regardless of your background. And you know, I think a place like the wide is really great because it gives you those opportunities to become more involved even if you don't have prior experience. And I think that's something that I really like definitely want people to know who are like coming into UNC or feel like they don't have a lot of experience is like you don't have to be afraid. Like it's okay if you don't know everything like being involved in social justice is a process for sure like you're constantly learning and it doesn't need to be this like scary thing where you have to put yourself out there and you know everyone's like judging you that's not how it is at all.
0: No, I completely agree. I don't think either of us really had a strong background in social justice yeah. when we came into UNC and then like we sort of like dived in. Yeah, um, so diverse. I think it's just kind of taking that leap of faith mm-hmm. as you sort of kind For of sure. mentioned. Yeah. And so how is being a leader at these organizations in general impacted you as an individual, you would say?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like defined my college experience. I think being in these organizations, I think that it's just made me a better leader in general, but not only that, I think it's carved out a lot of my passions. Um, You know, I think coming to UNC and even now, I'm still a little bit unsure of like what I want to do as a career, but I think that being in these organizations has taught me that I want social justice to be at the core of whatever I do. Um, I think that sometimes it's difficult to like I think there's this idea that you have to have everything figured out in college, which is just not true. Like some people figure out their careers way later. And I think for For me, yeah, and I think like for me, I'm still like unsure. But I know that because of these organizations, I really just want to be in those spaces of social justice and, you know, really be involved in advocacy one day.
0: Yeah. So like following on that, like any particular social justice topic that you're really passionate about, because there is I know social justice is a wide realm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, So like besides the organizations you've talked about, I've done a good amount of work when it comes to like health advocacy. So I think health disparities is something I'm super passionate about. I think like so much of social justice kind of like trickles down to health disparities. And it's something that's like at the core of who we are like everyone deserves to have a healthy body, and that's something I've definitely developed over time as a passion of like. You know, trying to break down those health disparities. And I also think like Asian American activism is something I've always been passionate passionate about as well. And something I really see myself doing is like community organizing when it comes to the South Asian community. I think that's something I've sure. really developed over time that I hope to continue doing.
0: Yeah. And it's really especially significant in the backdrop that we're currently in. For mm-hmm. sure. So yeah, any suggestions for our listeners on how they can learn more about social justice or participate in related, related initiatives? Yeah,
1: I think probably the biggest thing I would suggest to anyone is try new things when it comes to social justice. Um, You don't have to have like one issue that you're only passionate about, I'd recommend like branching out. Um, If you're a UNC student, not to be biased, but the campus Y is just really a great place to get involved. I mean, there's so many issues that are being addressed within the campus Y and i think that it's important that like when you're not experienced in social justice You should um, really go in with an open mind. And I think the best way to do that is, you know, engage and educate in different topics. Don't just stick to what you're comfortable with. Try to learn things that you have never learned about before. Because ultimately, I think that's what makes people better advocates is if you're learning about topics you're uneducated on, because that's really, you know, the core of things is education for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely a really good suggestion to sort of be open minded when you sort of delve into Mm -hmm. such realms, because like... I definitely like know like from my experience i joined the y like when i was a freshman and mm-hmm. like it was like as directors so i had no clue yeah. um, about <laughs> social justice so recommend diving in to anyone yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead <laughs> yeah. yeah so other than that so besides your cultural identity and passion for social justice are there any other interests you would say or passions that you'd like to share with our listeners
1: I guess I'm trying to think. I guess there's like two sides to this. There's certain things I'm passionate about that are like more like academic, but there's also some fun things. Um, yeah, I think to
0: share whatever.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm. I'll, I'll go down on the fun route of this of like other okay. things I'm passionate about. Um, lately, I've been like taking up like videography. I think like just like photography and videography is um, super interesting and kind of like a really great like way to like tell stories like this podcast is like a really great example (laughs) of that so that's like kind of a hobby I've been picking up on I also play a lot of tennis so that's something I love to do in my free time is play tennis other than that yeah I really just try to learn as much as I can in like other academic spaces but yeah
0: (laughs) For sure. I can't wait for like, I don't know, like your social media page with your video crash and all that stuff. I'm going to wait for that because I bet it's going to be super cool. But yeah, I guess like as we're sort of nearing the end of our wonderful conversation, there's so many other South Asian cultures out there and you got an opportunity to speak about yours. And I was just curious, are there aspects of other South Asian cultures that you really like or love in general?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, what's really great about being South Asian is the diversity of people. So, you know, whether you're Pakistani or Bengali or Sri Lankan, I mean, I love seeing kind of like the overlap between our cultures. And I think that's been really great. I think something... That I love is watching movies from other South Asian cultures. For sure. Yeah, like occasionally I'll watch like, you know, some movies in like Urdu or Tamil and like have the subtitles on. But um sure. it's really interesting to like kind of see different cultures through the lens of like movies. But I think like overall, I kind of love how there's a lot of overlap, but at the same time, you know, we all have, like, a unique identity within our own roots, and uh, I think that's really great.
0: Yeah, you mentioned entertainment. Any, like, show or, like, movie recommendations? Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I have any off the top of my head. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No worries. No, I have definitely, like, agree with you, like, during this whole quarantine time, have been consuming as much, like, diverse content as i can to keep myself afloat so yeah i guess like the final question i had for you is what is the phrase being desi mean to you
1: yeah that's a great question i think for me being desi just means being proud of your roots and being proud of um you know being a south asian i think that you know we all come from so many different places and being desi is a broad term in a way but at the end of the day it definitely unites us um, you know as south Asians and as desi people i think you know being desi is really what will drive us forward as a community and that's something that i really feel passionate about is you know you know being proud of this being proud of being south asian and being proud of being that being part of that community
0: For sure. And with that, thank you so much, Shiv, for speaking with me today. And it was so wonderful to learn more about you and discuss a relevant and significant topic such as social justice. We hope you'll join us again in future episodes and hope to invite you back for more conversations.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you to our wonderful listeners for tuning in to this episode of Being Daisy in America. Please be sure to follow our social media handles at Being Daisy in America on both Facebook and Instagram for more updates about future episodes and content. Until then, take care and see you soon.